Section 19 of The Romance of Polar Exploration. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Piotr Nather. The Romance of Polar Exploration by G. Firth Scott. Chapter 16. The Revival of Antarctic Interest. Towards the end of the last century there was a distinct revival in European scientific circles of interest in the still unsolved problems of the frozen South. Many causes contributed to this. The gradual narrowing of the northern sphere and the activity displayed in that region by the Americans, to whom it especially appealed, led the European geographers to remember the great amount of work yet to be done in the South. The achievements of the Ross expedition, which had satisfied public curiosity for the time being, now only stimulated curiosity as to how much more could be ascertained by the use of modern steamships and all the other improved appliances that had done so much to help in Arctic work. For a time private enterprise operated, and several vessels were dispatched from time to time, some with excellent results. But something more than private enterprise, working individually, was required if all the benefits of a thorough exploration were to be obtained. In her brief experience in 1874, HMS Challenger examined, by means of sounding and dredging, the floor of the ocean to the south of Kerguelen Island. The evidence collected pointed to the existence, still further to the south, of an area of land approaching continental dimensions. In 1898, a German steamer, the Valdavia, with Professor Karl Chun on board, left Cape Town, rediscovered Bouvet Island, which had not been visited from the time it was first seen by Captain Cook, and collected further evidence, by sounding and dredging, of the existence of extensive land nearer the Pole. A Belgian, Monsieur Adrien de Gerlache, fitted out a ship, the Belgica, and sailed from Antwerp in 1897 to explore the area lying to the south of South America. In the early part of the voyage, a new strait was discovered between Danko Land and Palmer Land. But in February 1898, the ship became involved in the ice and remained in it for a year, drifting between 69 degrees 40 minutes and 71 degrees 35 minutes southern latitude, and eighty degrees thirty minutes and one hundred and two degrees ten minutes western longitude during the winter they had a period of seventy days darkness spent on board the effect of which was extremely depressing to their spirits and injurious to their health it was found that the sea floor had shoaled up to the shallow depth of from two hundred to three hundred fathoms suggesting the proximity of a large area of land the actual existence of which however the members of the expedition were not able to observe an international agreement was then arrived at through the influence of the international geographical conference under which three nations germany sweden and great britain undertook to dispatch to the antarctic three separate expeditions one from each country they were to sail from europe in nineteen o one and while working on similar lines and as much in common as was possible each was to have its distinct sphere of operations the british undertook the exploration of that area south of australia where ross had located the volcanoes mount erebus and mount terror the swedes elected the lands lying to the south of south america while the germans gave their attention to the seas already visited by the valdavia 
the german expedition sailed from kiel on the eleventh of august nineteen o one on board the gauss and was under the command of professor erich von drygalski their first objective was kerguelen island and the chief work carried out was of a purely scientific character it was originally intended that all the expeditions should return to europe after passing one winter in the antarctic the germans did so but both the swedes and the british were unable to carry out this part of the programme the former in consequence of the loss of their ship in the ice the latter because their ship was hard and fast in the southern ice the germans were more fortunate in escaping the ill effects of what was an unusually severe ice season but the other nations by the longer stay they had in the frozen regions were able to return with a much more comprehensive collection of information leaving a small party at kerguelen island the gauss sailed to her allotted area already revealed by the voyages of cook bellinghausen biscoe and kemp the ice barrier prevented her reaching a very high latitude but the connection between knox land and kemp land appearing as isolated coasts on the old maps was proved on this land during the winter large quantities of ice are formed to drift out to sea in the form of huge packs which effectually guard the shore from intrusion forcing a way through the pack the gauss found a brief stretch of open water the depth of which was found to shoal rapidly from fifteen hundred to one hundred and twenty fathoms this led them to a rugged steep coastline occupying the position of what ross had defined in eighteen forty one as ice cliffs the land was too high and steep to permit them to land and the ship becoming involved in the ice within sight of it winter quarters were established on the ice severe gales hampered them in their work but otherwise the winter passed without any untoward incidents the rocks composing the cliffs of the coast were found to be ancient crystalline formations the interior of the land was entirely covered so far as could be seen by a solid ice cap forming one of the most extensive glacial regions now known to exist it seemed to be slightly receding though no definite evidence of this could be obtained in so short a time as that at the disposal of the explorers one of the most useful observations made was that relating to the direction of the winds the trade winds blowing in the roaring forties and which serve so good a purpose in carrying ships round cape horn and the cape of good hope to and from australia blow from the west towards the east at the position occupied by the gauss inside the antarctic circle it was noticed that the prevailing winds were from east to west thus if a clear passage could be found vessels sailing round the southern ocean could select either an easterly or a westerly route as suited them best instead of having as at present to follow that indicated by the wind at the expiration of the period allotted to them for their stay the explorers were able to get free from the ice and return to germany in this as has been said they were the only one of the three expeditions keeping to time they arrived home from an absence of twenty-eight months fourteen of which were passed in the south polar ice End of section nineteen.